Hello there. Welcome to this omnibus edition of Happy Times and Places, a positively inclined Doctor Who episode commentary podcast in which I, Toby Haydock, get a friend to choose a story and then nominate their favourite things about each episode, and I have to guess what they are. Well, oh, welcome to my home. Uh, I was going to watch something else tonight, and I thought, no, I'm in the mood for this. We shall explore why uh, very, very shortly. But first, um, <laughs> let's uh, introduce ourselves to uh, the special guest who has chosen this particular story. Now, I never watch the videos in advance, but I have to check the very beginnings of them to make sure they work so I don't get any unpleasant surprises um, of failing technology um, sort of live as I as I do this. Um, so I've, I've, I've seen a snippet of what my special guest has done. And let's say, I think he's put in quite a lot of effort and gusto. Um, so you may need to prepare yourselves for Nick Randall, who I met because uh, he interviewed me for his podcast, which is called Scratch and Sniff, where he's interviewed lots of very interesting people and me. Uh, I think he had a, uh, I don't know, I think he must have been let down by somebody off the telly or something. Uh, but anyway, he very kindly um, showered me with uh, gifts uh, after I went and talked about my, uh, my not very illustrious career at him. Uh, and we've kept in touch and he's lovely. Uh, and, uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's certainly, he's certainly gone to an effort. So let's see, uh, who he is and, um, uh, and, and why, why he's chosen this particular story. Oh, hello. You just caught me polishing my stalk. <laughs> Uh, my name's Nick, uh, I'm a podcaster and a rancid old Doctor Who fan from the time of darkness. And I mean that literally, we're talking uh, power cuts and three-day weeks, if you remember that far back. Uh, thank you so much to Toby Hayden for allowing me this chance to be on your fantastic podcast, Happy Times and Places, to talk all about certain bits of Doctor Who episodes and see if you can guess my favourite bits of those episodes. I think that's right. Uh, very exciting for a Doctor Who fan. Now, some of you out there might think I'm not a bona fide Doctor Who fan and you just think I've been parachuted in from some below part. 80 sitcom from the commercial channel um, but I do actually have my Doctor Who sack here to prove to you uh, that I've got quite a lot of memorabilia now this is actually bigger on the inside than the outside so what have we got in it folks there's the dreaded Daleks most exciting there I've even got my very very own there it is sonic screwdriver <laughs> and it does work and what else we got in here oh we have the dreaded silence silence will fall <laughs> Oh, and we've also got, I've got to show you this, for silence. Silence will fall. <laughs> All right. Lucky producer. Um, oh. That's to remind me to defrost a turkey. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about two classic episodes from the David Tennant, Billy Piper era. Uh, the Impossible Planet. That's a planet that's impossible. And the Satan. Over to you, Toby. <laughs> I, uh, I told you he'd make an impression, and it got to an effort. Um, so Nick has chosen rancid old Doctor Vanilla has chosen 
the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. And I noticed from the video files, he's chosen three and a bonus for each episode. You're supposed to choose three from each episode if it's a new series and, and a bonus that covers either one or both. Um, otherwise, I'd have just said choose four from each. But he's not the first person that's made a mistake uh, in terms of uh, what you choose for the new series because I don't think I was very clear. If you remember, Lisa Gledhill, I think, chose just three things from uh, Tooth and Claw when well, it should be five. For, it's five for a new series episode or three each if it's a two-parter um plus a bonus three for each if it's two parts plus but anyway it doesn't matter um nobody's keeping score or tabs i mean i really hope they aren't <laughs> if you are in the words of alec guinness please never do that again um go and do something with your lives um but i'd also be secretly pleased if somebody was chronicling this nonsense they won't be um, one day, maybe in the future, when all of Doctor Who has been disgorged, they, they go, somebody will come up and go, I'm a fan of obscure podcasts. Anyway, um, so I am on iPlayer, which means I might have to leap into action when the closing credits hit. Um, but for now, uh, I'm going to press play in three, two, one. Uh, I remember exactly the day I watched. It's been quite a sunny day here, uh, and I've been walking in the park. And in fact, I walked past that park on my way back from a barbecue to watch this episode. It was still a time when I absolutely insisted on watching Doctor Who go out live. Uh, I, I mean, unless I was gigging. But I remember that because uh, I, th I, th I think I, I managed to do most of series one live um but i remember i missed rise of the cybermen because i was doing a, a, a well-paid gig i couldn't turn down and i got a text from a friend uh telling me uh, uh ab ab about it the, the general feeling was that it was mildly disappointing rise of the cybermen um but but d disappointing at this point was good but not really not not as amazing as all of the other stuff and i think that that, that two part and then the idiot's lantern which was fine um i actually like the idiot's lantern much more now than i did then where well, i thought it was i thought it was fine uh but not nothing to get carried away about and then this episode there'd been there'd been a a, a clip on totally doctor who that for, for for the time it went out i remember thinking wow that's terrifying uh and and it featured gabriel wolf's voice um it's the scene where he, the, the the beast talks to toby and i remember thinking this looks right up my street so i was quite excited about this and i walked home from a barbecue in the sweltering heat i think i can say historians this is the only doctor who story that i've watched have uh, either having just eaten or just or polishing off a tangle twister ice lolly that was melting because it was so hot um uh so really bad timing for a story that i think is best watched uh at midnight in front of a log fire those we'd, we'd got french windows put in and there was the sun was streaming in uh for this terrifying and that we've got a sort of false 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 cliffhanger here um but I, I have to say, I think, I think the uh, the pre-credits cliffhanger is a is a moment of genius, and I think it's a shame that we've we've lost them latterly. Um, but I think Russell T. Davis's era, 
does story beats really really well and he's got an eye to luring people in you have the cliff you, you have the cliffhanger before the story begins and then pretty much every five minutes there's a there's a game-changing moment or a dramatic moment um and 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 it's a way of keeping you interest i and and, and i think these stories do that so brilliantly um so yes um before we get to this there that those des the designs of the oud are marvelous um again it's that clever thing of of taking an bits of an existing creature they've got a bit bit squid like aren't they but they've got a lovely benign quality to their eyes silas carson's voice is also lovely danny webb one of my favorite actors i was so excited to see that he was doing doctor who and i was worried because because when actors who were doing well when i was younger uh, you know appear you know it's something when i'm an adult i always sort of hope that they they either get top billing or they stay alive for a bit and that it's not a because i don't like the idea of an actor's career sort of dive bombing and i'm very i was very pleased to see danny webb gets top billing uh even though he's not you know the you know it's a bit of an ensemble piece top billing for danny webb uh, who i understand got the part because um he was auditioning for something else in the building and he saw they were doing doctor who uh and uh, and he went and said oh, can i have a word and uh, he was actually somebody they'd been they'd been thinking of uh he was what did i know him from he was in kenneth branagh's henry v as uh uh as as gower the english captain um uh and he was in alien 3 of course uh, he's this he's uh, turn away now if you've not seen alien 3 he's he's about the only survivor isn't he he swears a lot he gets the last line f him um uh this is a base under siege story absolutely right up my street my my first doctor who book was the web of fear so get a load of personnel preferably some military ones stick them in a stick them in a a, a few sets because i also grew up watching things like the poseidon adventure uh you know where you like you you got to know certain characters and half the fun was working out who was gonna die you know um sean parks has uh just returned for big finish actually um excellent actor award-winning actor did, did, if you didn't see small acts a uh, series of films on the bbc excellent oh it's a really good cast this um uh, uh and mayanna burring who's gone on to, i think this is one of her first things has gone on to have a fantastic career um Ronnie, I sort of, I'd, I'd forgotten, I sort of knew because he'd done a play at the Royal Exchange Theatre at the same time that I was there and he'd come to a couple of my gigs and we all hang, hung out a bit. Uh, he's a lovely chap. Um, and Claire Rushbrook, uh, they were going to bring her back at some point. And Toby, uh, the first, there's only one classic series character called Toby. Uh, I'm not talk, talking to Tobias. Uh, uh, that's Windsor Davis in Evil of the Daleks. There's a Toby here, but there's, there's been Tobys since. There's uh, in the in the in the pirate, uh, the Curse of the Black Spot. There's a Toby, um, but this is Toby Zed, Will Thorpe, uh, fresh from Casualty, where he played an ambulance driver. So it's a cast of recognisable faces, um, and it's always nice. I, I actually quite liked seeing regulars from soaps. I mentioned this when uh, Bruno Langley was in Dalek. Uh, turn up and turn their hand to sci-fi and acquit themselves well because it was a way of bringing viewers who may be ambivalent towards science fiction into it and going oh okay it's it's that guy who i know from that thing and 
uh, oh and they're fitting in and they don't stick out and 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 it this but i have to say i i once wrote a a, a doctor who story when i was at a, a friend's house uh, and and the opening thing, and we and we read the results out to the the, the gathered parents uh, and i read out a scene where they basically did the roll call because i wanted to introduce lots of characters and then kill them off uh and it was i was halfway through the roll call and i could see everyone sort of laughing and stifling because because i was aware this was going on forever and it wasn't very dramatic um so i'm always reminded of that that shame because it was i mean there's about 25 people on it as well um because it wasn't a very elegant way of introducing people but the reason i chuckle at this uh uh this introductory scene is because she introduces everybody including toby zed who's gone except for Danny Webb's two non-speaking security guards and having just done the seeds of death where poor old Harvey who's an extra who nobody ever refers to again th- th- she she goes and that guy's gone as Toby Zed and that that's that's Danny Webb that's uh that that's the our head of security uh yeah and who what are the names of the two guards oh that's um that's uh Sheila and Keith uh, uh oh right yeah yeah they don't say much <laughs> they they're, they're, they've been marked for death um, but it does, but it, it's because when so much attention to detail is paid on these brilliant, brilliant productions, it's, it's always been a thing where if you're a non-speaking person, you're, you're a bit like scenery. And so we, we don't have to think about you, but it makes me giggle because in a real situation, you would, you wouldn't do that. Uh, I, I love Claire Rushbrook's diction and manner. Um, she's got a very gentle empathic intelligent quality about her um but i also doesn't she get the line here where she says i'm going to give you some information now fyi as they used to say in the old days and you go what why have you why have you said that i i don't stub my foot and go oh bugger or zoons as they would have said in the olden days uh it's 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 uh, yeah so there's there's a couple of moments that make me giggle a bit uh, <laughs> uh that's a i it's such a good production this um it's such a good production this it's uh, i love okay, the genius of getting gabriel wolf's voice um because it resonates for those of us who um love pyramids of mars for which he played the voice of sutek one of the greatest vocal performances in the whole of classic who history one of the great doctor who villains uh represented simply by somebody sitting in a chair with a mask on and a voice um and whoever whose ever idea it was to get him back for this because it because it ties in with the theme because because sutek was an ancient you know was a was an ancient god slash alien uh slash um uh uh you know breeder of the satan myth or or, you know part part of that and and that's what the 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 creature is here as well so and it's that and there's nothing better than something bit sci-fi, futuristic base, very aliens, love that. But uh, taking us uh, right back to our ancient primal fears and, and uh, you know, mythology, which because it is old and because it is in the past and because everybody involved in the chronicling of it is dead, somehow has, you know, an ancient power as also associated with death and dustiness and, and the fact that... Uh, uh, you know the past is 
by its very nature full of ghosts you know that's that they're the only people that inhabit it they're all dead um they love the little character notes um you know they're setting up zach i thought zach would die in a blaze of glory i, I remember we we had a little um i like it when the doctor wears glasses uh we, we had a little i'll, I'll no I'll, I'll talk about the, the the little internet uh page that we had uh, maybe a, bit, a little bit later. I haven't even finished saying how wonderful the Ood are. Silas Carson is the voice of the Ood. Uh, we, we, we don't really, it's interesting, we don't really explore massively um, the treatment of the Ood and especially the fact that they all die at the end and nobody seems to mind too much. Um, so, so actually, these, these are all nice people uh, on this uh, space station. Um, but they are, they do have slaves, essentially, although they're willing slaves, I think, uh, you know, we, and, and it is, it is drawn attention to, but actually it's not the point of the story. So it's a, a lovely, clever little piece of shading that just says, um, yeah, just, just have an eye on this because it's slightly dodgy, uh, but that's not what the story is about. But it's there, lurking in the background. It's it's very interesting, and of course they become very important important to the mythology of Doctor Who later on. They are a terrific design, a synthesis of design and voice, uh, and of course the fact that they are so gentle and benevolent. They do the empty child trick. The empty child is scary because it sounds like a child. The ood when they're taken over by the beast sounds scary because they're polite a bit like the robots of death you know it's the calmness and the politeness when they say we're gonna kill you all that makes them scary so so much going on here that is brilliant uh, and this bit uh this bit about fueling the empire starting the war that was the trailer last week so it makes you think oh is this about some dodgy spacefaring stripping planets and minerals uh, it's actually none of that's very important at all that's to give them a reason to be there but actually the story ultimately doesn't care about that so it's very interesting that that was what was sort of plugged uh uh whereas actually it's just a, it's just a little bit of texture um yes buried something and it's reaching out and look at all of these close-ups i i have to say there's a bit here that i really don't like um <laughs> And I'll tell you the bit. I'll tell you the bit. I, 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 it's this. It's this. But David Tennant makes a noise because he, when he hugs him, which I know some people hate, I'm fine with that. It's uh, and, and the Doctor and Rose are worth talking about at some point. Hang on. But it's, yeah. Yeah, right. It's when Zach says not at all, and the doctor sort of goes <gasps> like a sort of like Bertie Worcester on acid. It's a really odd sort of because he's he's being quite um, uh, he's being quite sycophantic is the wrong word, but he's being quite syrupy there. In 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 a, 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 and I know there was a feeling at the time that the doctor and Rose were a little bit too smug, which, as we discover, is being very cleverly woven into it because um uh, of their ultimate downfall and uh, you know there's there's precedent for that with doc two you know john pert was doctor regeneration is as a result of you know uh his uh his inner failings in a way that the whole of planet of the spiders is a parable about you know having to reborn to cleanse 
to have the rebirth having to cleanse you this dating back to you know the the, the ending of uh of um tooth and claw where they're you know having a laugh and and they're, they're being sort of set up for a fall um and kudos to doc two magazine because i know that in their interview with R russell t davis they did they did say that they did say is oh, dr rose a little bit smug and and one i think the fact that they had enough of a relationship with him that they were able to ask him that the fact that he allowed that to be asked the fact that that was allowed to go into the magazine i shows great healthiness uh, and, and confidence um, and decency from from him him as an exec, um, and 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 a healthy attitude to the to the program. No, you know when a lot of the publicity around the show was necessarily an electronic press kit like Doc Two Confidential. You know, of course it was good. That, that, that I remember some people go on various forums. Oh, well they're just they're just going on about how great the show is. Well, of course they are. It's it's part of it's. It's 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 some really interesting behind the scenes stuff, but they're 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 never going to go. You know, it's for history to tell us which ones were a nightmare or which ones were awful. Although they were pretty candid on Doctor Confidential, there was about things that didn't work or whatever. But yeah, the the tone was upbeat. But actually, you know, Doctor Magazine were allowed to ask questions, um, and uh, and I think occasionally the Doctor and Rose are a little bit uncomfortable um, to watch. Um, and that bit with the doctor hugging Zach, I I can see is a bit marmitey. I can see why people might not like that. Uh, as I say, I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of okay with it because I think David Tennant's so good. But I just don't like that noise he makes. Uh, and, and you don't. It's not the camera's not actually on him, so it might not even be his noise. It might just be a bit of the rafters creaking. But it's a, <laughs> um, yeah, I can't even do it. <laughs> um, but this is great. We've so they've lost the TARDIS. Uh, and look at that shot as well, which is, um, and it's got Bolero from which uh, my generation associate with Torval and Dean, the, uh, the the ice skaters. Um, in fact, I remember. I'm sure SFX magazine did a preview of this, and I think it hadn't been fully scored. And uh, at the end of this, they'd put a temporary track in, and they'd use Mars Bringer of War, but. The reviewer hadn't realized that and said oh and the welcome use of mars bringer of war and so when i heard this coming i thought oh they are they're augmenting it with actual actual music whereas this one is obviously part of the the story but maybe that's how mars comes in mars didn't come in at all um uh so that was the oh it was so great at the time because you'd be on the internet um you know you'd be fed little bits tantalizing little glimpses and the places you could go where you could get spoiler free previews jason arnup did some on on gallifrey base i remember sfx magazine did them and they judged them very well this was the scene on totally doc 2 which was a kid's show which i taped all of uh, and i had to be in for uh i taped did i tape on video i was still using vhs at this point and making my own covers uh when the whole world was on that moved on to dvd uh, no, I was recording things on VHS. I had a DVD player, not a recorder. Um, uh, this is so brilliant. I love this scene. I love the, I love the darkness of it. It's, I mean, it's about as scary as Doctor Who can go, really. And it's just a man talking to another man. But it's that. It, you have the sort of ring thing, don't you? Whether that scene that comes up, you know, the don't turn around. Well, of course, if somebody tells you not to turn around, you're tempted to turn around um um 
but yeah uh, so so uh, and uh what what we had on our comedy forum oh I, hang on i like this bit coming up as well because this is just oh we're doing a bit of what do they eat uh, it seems like beans and soya sauce uh and and uh, it just seems to be a bit of oh awkwardness with the alien and they they're getting used to the oh you go still underlining but I love that I that is just a terrifying thing the man that the 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 ood suddenly doing that ancient litany and it's brilliant because all of that stuff when when you're talking about a creature from mythology you can have that sort of language that has a grandiosity uh based on because it's from ancient screed uh so you can use language that you wouldn't use now which again gives it its power and i love this bit where you is this where you get the flash of the oh look at that this is i mean there are so many amazing moments this is absolutely chock full with quality spooks and scares i wouldn't be surprised if when they watched the first edit of this they just went this is just fantastic um and it's a and it's a sort of, you know, it's a traditional Doctor Who base under siege, except in the next episode, of course, it becomes... Of course you don't know Alexa. Um, sorry, I'm being heckled by Alexa. Um, I must stop saying a name. Um, yeah, 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 she's like a voice in my ear saying things that terrify me. <laughs> I, I adore this scene. I think it's absolutely terrific. It's scary, and it's just a basic thing. If you're a kid watching this, I should think you discovered that the colour of adrenaline is brown. Uh, I just think... Yeah, the temptation. It's like the ring, isn't it? Don't look at this. Um, and Gabriel Wolfe is so amazing. Um, and it's brilliantly directed. Is this James Strong's first one? I think it is, and he d does a terrific job on this. Uh, one look and you'll die. Uh, I'm coming to, and the camera's coming towards. But of course, the second episode becomes something different. Uh, you've got that whole long bit of the Doctor musing on religion and what it's all about. It's, 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 yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a story that's going to go one direction. And you still get plenty of that, you know, aliens kind of stuff. But there's more to it. There's more to it. Um, and that's so clever, isn't it? The writing's gone. Where is it? Uh, it's on his hands. That is, uh, I mean, it's not on his hands yet, but it's going to be on his hands. Sorry. It's on his hands, guys. Um, uh, I mean, and the music, I, I, I just think that's a brilliant Doctor Who scene. I, I remember watching it in the blazing sun, just going, this is the Doctor Who I, I never dreamed of, and yet now this is it. This is perfect Doctor Who to me. This is perfect Doctor Who reimagined for the 21st century. Uh, it's it's got stuff that's like Doctor Who, even though it's stuff that Doctor Who hasn't done, or if it has done, it didn't do it in that way. Oh, it's just I love it. Sorry, I know I'm supposed to be being positive. Um, sometimes it's easier than others, uh, and there's there's always something that's gauging your interest. Uh, and of course, this is brilliant seeding because. Uh, you know, we, we, we have the roof opening, which uh, later on is going to have quite a horrible moment. Um, and you've still got lurking the fact that the Doctor and Rose have lost the TARDIS. And of course, they're going to get it back in the end. But it just gives another moment uh, of jeopardy. 
and it puts them on edge it puts them on the back foot um and even though these people seem nice but you do have that lurking at the back you know they are slavers in a way and you've also got lurking what keith and sylvia haven't have i called them keith and sylvia i think so they've just had their dinner uh yeah, Jefferson, sign off the airlock. Scooty, go and do a thing. Uh, Keith and Sylvia, what are you going to do? Get play table football? Uh, I think you saw Jefferson actually incline his head there to say, "You two come with me." See, yeah, uh, Claire Ashbrook doesn't even doesn't even speak to them. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll tell Keith and Sylvia. Are we? Are you? Are you going to blank them forever? Uh, Ida. Um, And the score for this is very good as well. It, it does have, uh, I I I think Murray Gold, uh, who would also for some quarters get a lot of stick, I think is is hugely responsible for the uh, the the feel of a lot of these stories. And I know a lot of people don't like wall to wall music, and there are occasions. Uh, I th you know I think a com comedy scenes perhaps don't always need plinky plonky accompaniment to tell you that they're comedy but i'm a comedian so i would say that like, just leave the jokes to us we don't need you to signify them um but and i had these soundtracks so yeah we had we had on, on my on my on a comedy forum that i used to go on i used to go on all sorts of forums i used to so worry about what people had to say and and, and if people were mean try and correct it I, I couldn't give a stuff what anybody thinks now and i don't know why people do i've seen people on twitter today getting angry with people's uh, uh reaction to the comic-con trailer here or this piece of casting there i don't care what anybody else thinks <laughs> i just know what i mean i want everybody to like doctor who but if somebody's gonna get cross with us fine I was, um no nobody's opinion is wrong i'm not going to change their opinion either um so it's bizarre people get angry with other people's opinions but i but i i was there i spent way too much time in the early days of internet forums you know patrolling it for uh, information or people saying things that i didn't agree with or or you know little snippets about the new series particularly you know stuff coming out uh who's calling her this is a lovely little mystery he is a wet brilliant brilliant uh and it's great because you just have the devil speaking through different people so yeah anyway on this comedy forum we'd we you know I'd, I'd always do a thread about the latest doctor who uh and i said let's play who do we think's gonna die in what order uh and i i thought everyone was gonna die apart from toby and ida I thought they would be the survivors. I thought everyone else would get killed. Uh, I, th I thought Danny would get killed first because um, uh, he's slightly cowardly, you know, um, uh, and, and sort of comic relief-y. Um, I thought Zach was, you know, definitely going to prove himself uh, by, uh, you know, doing something brave and proving that he could be captain, stay behind to blow up the base or whatever. Um uh, I thought Jefferson, I thought, would pretty much go the way that he did, you know, doing doing something brave and holding people off. Um, I didn't even bother with Sheila and Keith. I knew they were, Well, I think Sheila dies in the trailer. Sylvia. Sylvia or Sheila? Which do I prefer? Sheila. Sheila. Uh, I think Sheila dies in the trailer for next week, doesn't she? Uh, her death is... Uh, and Keith dies this week. 
yeah so i knew they were toast i knew they were toast from the minute they didn't say anything this is brilliant and of course there's there's not all that number uh i saw this you know in doctor who confidential there's they, they got fewer ood than that and they just had to shoot it a few times for the for the sort of aerial shot and this is great because i don't really know what any of that you, you know basic you know basic 30 and all that what it means but what it is is it's a number that ups the ante it's a thing that goes off the scale that look at that you will worship it and, and it's the fact that they're so kindly a voice uh that makes them so terrifying um oh poor old scooty minister um and she's had a brilliant career, hasn't she? Uh, and they, they, in the Doctor Who Confidential, they went into great detail about because she had to, she had to uh, go underwater, didn't she? Then they had to, they had some underwater filming for this. So I think the commentary that they had on the episode, those were the days, weren't they, when there was a a red button commentary, and you got a commentary on the DVD. Uh, I mean, they really went to it, being a Doctor Who fan at this time was the best. It was just the best. My personal life wasn't in it. God, it's so much water under the bridge between between then and now. I mean, God, Mike. So when, when was this? This was. God, so my kids who were who were you know, infants, tiny children, you know, yeah, juniors, uh, then are, are now men. Huh. Um, lots of. I've I've disappointed m more than one woman between between then and now. Uh, a lot of water under the bridge. This seems I, I consider this new who, and let, if I think of the amount of life I've lived uh, between then and now, um, why did I get onto that? Oh well, because my Anna Burings had a, a fantastic career since then. But oh, but being a Doctor Who fan at that time, um, and uh, yeah, life life wasn't particularly great in in many ways where i was in my personal life and in my upstairs um being a doctor who fan was amazing and i think and i and i think i'd lived a lot of my life being cross about the fact that doctor who wasn't on anymore because it really was still is the thing that gives me the most pleasure uh uh that not only had it come back, but this is serious too, uh, and people are still sticking with it. Uh, you know, the difficult second album, uh, suffering the loss of a doctor, actually, uh, is oh, and that's that's great because somebody has to die, and it's lovely, poor old Scooty. That's a great way of doing her death as well. The just the glass and her hands coming away. Uh, we like poor old Scooty. Good name too, Scooty Minister. It's a great name. Um. Um. But being a Doctor Who fan at this time, I almost feel sorry for young... And I can't believe I'm saying it because I still... I was talking to... I bumped into somebody I used to go to school with the other day and we're both 47. And I was, we were saying we, we still both look out of the same eyes that we uh, looked out when we were 18 where we thought 47-year-olds knew, knew everything and had it all sorted and didn't have any worries. Oh, God. Uh, I'm still clueless and terrified. Um... Uh, <laughs> clueless and terrified and disappointed but doctor who um doc yeah doctor who was riding high and after all of those years um 
Is everyone there? Where where is where are Shader and Keith? Are Shader and Keith there? I don't know if they are. And I wonder if there was a discussion about uh Shader and Keith at any point. Uh but it was Oh yeah, there they are. They're in the foreground. Good. Yeah. Oh, and I like Danny. That's Danny Webb said, "Come on to them there as well." Dan, Danny Webb is being a nice actor there, is he's sort of including the supporting artists in his business uh, in order, and, and that's nice. And I and I know when uh, you're a performer who's got very little to do, uh, and there's a, a performer of stature with you, and they and they sort of include you in what they're doing. It's it's nice. Oh, Keith got to do a bit of. Uh, hand acting arm she's not i haven't seen her anywhere um uh and of course this is brilliant because we've already established what that is <gasps> and rose sees it before we do and that's a that's a that's it's interesting the effect looks slightly dated now i remember at the time it was it was uh you know it's state of the art i still think it holds up but uh it's and again, the, the the fact that he does it in the official way, um, rather than saying Scoot is dead, give her official state, blah, 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 that makes, gives it more gravitas. He's very good, Russell T. Davis, at, at, uh, at making each individual death land, each individual dramatic moment land, and the timing of the way a face turned and the cutting. And so it's not just Russell, it's, it's, the, it's the direction as well. And give a good actor a speech. I don't... Yeah. And I don't know what that's from. Um, and I think it is from something. And I think it might be a, a slightly truncated or cut about. But whatever it is, don't write in. Um, uh, it, again, I'm a sucker for something that sounds like it has import, you know even though it's just words, but it gives it an emotion. You feel the death of Scooty and each person reacts in a different way. Ida's, you know, she was 20 is a very human response, but, but Jefferson's reaction, which is less sort of personal, but, but somehow acquires a loftiness because of he, he does it in, in, in terms of the way that he does his job. Um, is this the first time? I think this is the first time we see the orange spacesuits as well, which become a thing. Uh, Sean Parks is great, and and, and th this has taken its cue from Alien and Aliens in the fact that you know they're ordinary people doing a job, and they're not all wearing you know silvery overalls and space hats. Uh, and there's lots of industrial smoke and all of that sort of stuff, uh, which is great. Uh, oh. And and there's a bit of this Murray Gold theme is the is 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 a is a recurring one, isn't it? Um, while I'm enjoying this adventure, I hope that you are. And it actually hasn't become that basic under CG yet. It's more a sort of Space 1999 thing, isn't it? 1999, Space 99, we used to call it. Um, of you know somebody being taken over by something. Um, and of course, something somebody being taken over by something is always good because you know you get the the strength of the actor rather than it having to be you know somebody in a in a rubber mask or something. Although actually, the the rubber mask stuff going on here is 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 great. 
Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so we've got um, Ida and the Doctor going down. They make a nice pairing, don't they, Ida and the Doctor? She's one of those great, uh, like uh, like Jane Hampton in The Awakening and uh, 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 Todd in, in Kinder, um, a sort of uh, in, intelligent... Um, I don't want to say older woman because that's I, mean, I just mean older than often companion types are um, uh, the sort of people the doctor normally hangs around with um, uh, and, I, and I really like the dynamic that they have and I, I and I, I got a feeling he was thinking of bringing her back at some point wasn't he um, and then and then it, it didn't happen but uh, she would have been a character that I would have quite happily seen return uh, and brings a lovely humanity. She's got, as I say, she's got such a sort of gentle, empathic quality about her as an actress. Uh, and not, I, I, I sort of knew who she was, but I'm not, I'm not, I didn't associate her with a particular programme. Um, but yeah, uh, she's, uh, she's great. It's a great cast. Not a weak link in the cast, I don't think. Um, and uh, that you know this is getting very very exciting now uh, because the Uda on the march and I think this is bad news for Keith isn't it um, who's not going to shoot them because they're valuable in their livestock or whatever um, which gives him an excuse for because sometimes you think why don't you just kill them um, And so they're down at the bottom, which is lovely. Uh, but now we're going to... So having lost the TARDIS, we're now going to have uh, Rose and the Doctor uh, separated from each other. There's always... There are always odds, and it's always tied to that central relationship. I love the Gravity Globe. That's a nice little bit of sci-fi. Um, Oh, and there's a gargoyle thing in the rocks. I like that. Because this is location, isn't it? Um, which gives it a fantastic sense of scale. Um, but it's location augmented, which I can see much better on this big screen than I than I recall at the time. I don't recall the, 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 the big scary beasts being quite so noticeable. Oh, I've just forgotten. I haven't seen this for a while. Uh, I like it, though. Um... And, and of course, poor old Sean Parks, if you think about it, if you break down his contribution to this, uh, he must have spent a couple of days just in that chair acting because he spends quite a lot of his screen time on his own. Uh, and actually, that, that to, to, to stop that, to keep the energy up, to actually behave as if you really are talking to other people and, and to keep it alive, that takes... I think that's some, sometimes the invisible acting that doesn't always get uh, the the credit that it deserves because it's so it blends in so seamlessly. But you need a you need a good actor to be doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, what's happening, Danny? Ask ask Keith. Uh, but all of this industrial stuff is great, and and it's funny because there's a lot of yellow in the set, which uh, yellow. Yellow is not a colour one uh, associates with horror, 
but uh, it's uh, basic 100 yeah yeah see that I mean it doesn't really mean anything but it it gives it another it's like a, here's a thing we've invented to tell you things are bad um, don't call her officer at arms call her by her name oh now she just nodded then so that yes sir will have been done in post by not the actress playing the part it's how a lot of things are done these days now i think to do a yes sir i think that's perfectly acceptable but you quite often now get parts that would have been played by a, an actor um i spooks used to do it all the time where i'd be you know be sort of out of focus over somebody's shoulder and they'd say sir here's some important stuff that we're telling you and the shoulder wouldn't belong to the person doing the voice because you could pay the shoulder an extras fee you could pay the voice guy person an adr fee and it saves you having to hire an actor and give them all the things that you have to give actors um so it means that the parts that you know people used to be able to you know help augment their careers with you know by doing bits and bobs here and there uh, uh sort of getting ironed out or diminished or, or 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 changed or not happening um which is which is not great news um uh when when work on television is so scant um love this oh gabriel wolf and well done well done will thorpe as well um because uh and poor old Toby had been so sweet, um, uh, and and he and of course he still is when he loses. And but just the little things like the, the the crunching of his muscles there when he does that. And oh, and I totally forgotten about this. The 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 whole brilliant the devil playing with the psychology of everybody. So we don't know what Mister Jefferson did, but Danny Webb's acting tells you all you need to know. Uh, that his buttons are being pushed by this uh creature um uh and of course the devil is the voice in our head you know and and there's the scene next week when when uh you know again he preys upon everybody's insecurities and of course it's our insecurities that uh that, that bedevil us as it were and he did a nice little look there um will thought when he'd when when the devil had taken him to show that oh no toby's still so you so you you the, for the whole thing when toby's not the devil the beast you you know you actually feel quite sorry for him which is why i thought he would be okay which is why it's quite a nice slight of hand that he's he he, he retains that vestige i think at this point you're desperate um for somebody to shoot somebody because there's a lot of stand down click your weapon don't do this bloody bloody blah, 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 blah um uh and i think mr jefferson does start shooting uh because because um, i'm just getting to the point now i go somebody shoot somebody for goodness sake because i think i think keith really takes his time you don't know what you do um i mean shoot first keith ask questions later but uh he's, he's got quite pointy sideburns there keith uh, yeah he, he oh see if if you'd fired when he was at the foot of the stairs keith You'd have lived to episode two, but Danny doesn't go. Keith's dead. I'm, I think I think Keith and Sylvia are brother and sister, and they're both called Harvey, and they're related to Harvey from the Seeds of Death. That I've decided that um, <laughs> because because 
if if say Danny had been with Jefferson and Jefferson had just been killed, he'd have gone, Mr. Jefferson has died, but Keith isn't even mentioned in the log. Actually, at the end, does it? They list the ood before they mention Sylvia and Keith. I'm I'm very very sad for Sylvia and Keith. Sheila and Keith. I don't even know her name. This is the problem. She's called Sylvia Sheila Harvey. Um, she at least gets to survive to episode two. This location stuff's great. There was something about the size of the hole, isn't it? Don't they say? I'm terrible at maths and sizes and anything anyway, but don't they say it's 20 foot across and it's not, it's 20 metres or the other way around. But that I had to have that pointed out to me. It didn't occur to me at all. Because um, obviously that's not really there. Um, but this is, this is brilliant. This is a great uh, cliffhanger coming up. Um, that is a huge cheat. Um, but everything is piling on. So you've got the Ood on the march. The planet is going into the black hole. The the, the Doctor and uh, Ida are, 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 are next to the Devil's Pit, which it's going to come out of. The Uda marching on Rose. Uh, I mean, any everyone is in danger. Every element of the plot and every character has something that, that is imperiling them. Although in the Doctor and Ida's case, it turns out that that's just the camera. It's not actually the Devil, uh, which is a bit of a cheat. Um, but I think that's brilliant. I think that's so exciting. I think that's atmospheric. Oh, I can read the credits. Danny Webb at the top of them. Um, G Gabriel Wolf. The fact that Gabriel Wolf was sucked through time from Pyramids of Mars uh, to voice the devil uh, in this, I think, was a, 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 a moment of, of genius. And it shows respect to the old series as well um which uh, which which is important to me and 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 i think they did i think they did very well you know i think that i think they did um to to just the right amount actually because you can be too too respectful too upset see that is so unfair on uh, uh on poor old sheila um but that's very aliens isn't it but this you're watching this going this is just a movie. This is a movie, um, and that was a movie. Um, so, so to, to and look at and they look so good. And that flash of the devil is there going to be a flash? Yes. Oh, so good, so good. Well, there is. I'm not going to watch the next episode, and because of course the next time trailer was at the end of the episode. Um, uh, I uh, uh, I got to see the whole credits moving at a readable speed. Um, that's a terrific episode of Doctor Who. I don't think there's much wrong with that. Um, uh, I think it's all done really, really well. Favourite bits? Well, uh, favourite things? And he's chosen four, I think. Uh, I think the Ood are fantastic. Uh, I think in conception, design, um, voice... There's so much expression. Um, they're totally believable. The texturing, everything. The ood, they're brilliant. And the, when is, weren't the Slitheen supposed to be in that at one point? Um, I know that. It'd be interesting to see the original script because I believe it was it was changed quite a lot. Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, the ood, number one. 
number two uh, the scene where toby and gets gets you know don't look at me uh and the beast uh and and, and you know i'll include in that uh getting gabriel wolf to voice the beast so if he chooses that i'm i'm I, that that is encompassed by my choice of that scene um uh uh i uh, i've got to choose four haven't i uh i think uh the the fact oh well i think the ensemble cast i don't want to choose anybody uh uh i'm not going to single anybody out because i think they're all very good um so I think that's going to be number three. And number four, uh, I will choose, well, the fact that it's the devil, the fact that it's a primal horror, that, that, that you, you, have, you have an alien threat, but that also is... is dressed in the clothes of horror and i love that that combination uh i'm 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 much more scared of horror than i am of sci-fi this is sci-fi with a horror baddie beautiful uh i wonder what nick oh now he's he's done them in uh separate files so this is nick's favorite thing number one thank you toby and let's talk about the impossible planet uh, there are so many wonderful Doctor Who moments in this episode that it's really, really, really difficult to pick just the three of them, uh, plus a bonus one, uh, which I might have a bonus one for each episode and just completely change the rules, because that's what the Doctor does, doesn't he? He also lies. Um, I'm not going to lie, uh, uh, but I'm going to tell you what I think about those episodes. Written by Matt Jones, who I used to do uh, martial arts with years ago or oh, we went to the same club I don't think we actually were there on the same nights um, for some reason but uh, yes he we used to do that and he uh, was a teacher at Goldsmiths and then became a brilliant writer which is fantastic so Matt if you're watching uh, fantastic work congratulations on being a brilliant writer and yes I have put on a little bit of holiday weight <laughs> how many holidays have you been on uh, anyway uh, let's talk about my favorite things of Doctor Who this episode, the first thing, is a little bit left field. It's about Rose Tyler and the Doctor and their evolving relationship. Me, as a viewer, personally, I felt slightly uncomfortable watching. Because they were making little in-jokes, you know, all very cosy-cosy. Um, Mickey had been completely forgotten after two episodes. Not, no reference at all since he left. And I just think Rose is getting her feet well under that TARDIS console. So I sort of didn't like it because I felt, as a viewer, slightly uh, pushed away. But I wonder if it was sort of written like that to make us feel, oh, what's happening here? So in a sort of weird self-flagellatory way, I kind of liked it because I knew where it was going because I'd read a few spoilers, you know. So all I can say to you, Rose Tyler, is there's a storm brewing. There's a storm brewing. <laughs> well, he's enjoying himself, isn't he? <laughs> That raised a lot of things. Yes, Matt Jones. I don't know Matt Jones at all. I knew, of course, he wrote Fluid Links in Doctor Who magazine. 
Um, he's not written. I've n- I've never read an interview with him about Satan Pit. I've never. I couldn't tell you what he looks like. Uh, and yet, yeah, he's the brains behind um, an absolutely fantastic Doctor Who story. I wonder what's one day he will tell his story. I am sure. Um, and, and interestingly, part of that story will be, and, and, uh, and I know Russell has talked about it, but it will be interesting how history takes that journey of the Doctor and Rose and that, because, but is, there is something self-flagellating about going, oh, my thing's really successful. Oh, they seem a bit happy. And then you read into it and go, so they're, they're being smug because suddenly if people are happy when they're successful, they're smug. That's the rules, apparently. And so your self-flagellating thing goes, oh, well, I don't want people to think that it's suddenly I've gone from being the underdog to being the, the one who likes the thing that everybody else likes. So I don't want people to think that's it's amazing. The little the gymnast, the mental gymnastics we do to worry about what people will think and uh, uh, and how people will take um uh, you know our, our attitude or or even the attitude of the characters in the thing that we like which are therefore reflected on us um but I, I i think it has to be deliberate because it's you know it's seeded with you know yeah there is there's a storm coming there's you know you, you've taken your eye off the ball you've enjoyed it too much and there's a there's a sort of moral lesson there in being you know in being addicted to danger you know when she says at the beginning you know should we go somewhere they say should we go somewhere else and they laugh and you know but wherever they go they see people die and it's almost like they're yeah they're adrenaline junkies uh who you know who who eventually you know uh overdose as it were and uh and and the road you know it has to come to an end um so i didn't choose that because but for the same reason that nick did really because i find it a bit uncomfortable uh i know that it's there for a reason but it doesn't mean i particularly like sitting in in terms of what else is in the story those bits you do make me feel slightly uncomfortable which is good which is good for a viewer and good for a drama but i'm but it means I'm not sure I like it. Do you know what I mean? I'm supposed to not like it. So therefore, I'm not going to choose it. <laughs> um, so what's his second thing? Ooh. Now it's time for my second favourite thing. In, shut up. In um, uh, The Impossible Planet. And that is Scooty's Death. Uh, which is a little bit morbid. But it's rather <sighs> beautiful as well. And also, it just encapsulates a really classic exciting, terrifying, wondrous uh, Doctor Who moment. Um, so we start with uh, Scooty sort of uh, closing up for the night, uh, uh, Myanna Burring, who, uh, brilliant performance, uh, brief but fantastic. And then this gradual build up to something's going wrong, we know something's going wrong. Then it cuts to that incredible shot of Toby's head. He's outside on the surface where you can't breathe. And he's got all these amazing scary markings on and he's got red eyes, a bit like mine now, dear readers. And um, and so she looks really, really shocked. And then there's this rather beautiful, mysterious, spiritual connection. And it's all to do with Murray Gold's wonderful uh, music. Um, it sounds like very cello-like, which is supposed to be the closest of a human voice. So there's that sort of spiritual it's, it's almost like it's it's telling some epic story uh, that's connecting them uh, that we have uh, you know we don't know anything about it, it's from you know beyond the universe or whatever um and obviously he's just trying to mess with her head isn't he 
but I just love that. Uh, and then that awful terror when he starts to clench his fist and uh, the glass starts to break. It is terrifying! I mean, my God. Um, so that was fantastic, um, but, you know, very sad as well. Um, R.I.P. Scoochie. Scooty, sorry, that's my producer there. Yeah, I nearly chose that. Why didn't I choose that? Because um, I, I like Danny Webb's speech as well. I'm a sucker for a speech. Um, even when it's not me that's giving it. Um, why didn't I choose Scooty's death? I don't know. Um, it was hiding in plain sight because it is fantastic. And uh, Nick's described the music much better than I could there because I'm not musical at all. And it is that the one that's the thing that's particularly um, what, peculiar to this story is that 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 sort of cello-y score and I hadn't known that about it being closest to the human voice that's interesting but, but it does give it a sort of ancient because um, it feels like it's an ancient reed or something that it's being drawn on I don't know I don't know but it uh, I can see what he means and he explained it better than I why didn't I choose Scooter's death um, I don't know because it's excellent oh dear you, you see you forget when you're under pressure here's his third thing <laughs> Oh, it's just bubble wrap. I thought I'd been taken over by an alien. Uh, that's all right then. Uh, on to my final uh, uh, observation and a happy bit of, well, happy bit of, exciting bit of Doctor Who. Uh, but I do have one more bit as well, uh, which is a bonus bit. Uh, but the end of the episode is my final bit. It's fantastic. It's very, very exciting. It's very Doctor Who-y. Um, there is so much jeopardy going on. The Ood are waking up and they're saying some have called us Satan. Some have called him Satan. Some have called him Ethel Merman. Some have called him Kato Rani and the Mara and all that. You know, it's very, very exciting. And the Doctor and Ida, um, Scott, are trapped uh, down in the pit and uh, they've lost the TARDIS and everything. So it's really, really uh, major jeopardy. So that is a pretty um, ding a cliffhanger. Yeah, I didn't choose that either, did I? <laughs> I'm doing so badly. Uh, uh, and yet they're all things I could have chosen. That's interesting because then that's what I was doing. After I chose the first two, I was struggling to identify things. And those two should have come into my head straight away. I need to write things down. Now, he's done an extra bit that he says breaks up uh, a lot of the base under siege stuff. So let's see what this extra bit is. Hello. I'm Lord Squawky McSquawky from the Shansheath. A little bit of Doctor Who trivia here. Anytime a Doctor Who character dies, a Shansheath earns its wings. I'm so terribly, terribly, terribly sorry for your loss. Goodbye. Uh, okay, um, for the listener, um, there was an approximation of a Shansheath there uh, with a uh, sort of emu glove puppet type thing that Nick just happened to have lying around. Uh, so thanks to that contribution and that the Impossible Planet bonus bit. Let's see. Let's see if I can claw back some. Let's see if he chooses one of the things I blooming well chose. So to my bonus bit, and it's actually a really obvious bit that I should have picked as one of my main three, but I just wanted to fox you with the uh, the Rose Tyler uh, rant. <laughs> um, it's Toby. Toby, don't turn around, don't turn around, Toby Haydock. All that scene, all that scene. And uh, he looks in the mirror and it's, uh, he's got his stuff on and all the rest of it, he's got red eyes, he's got red eyes. And uh, oh my God, that's, uh, that's a, a pretty exciting bit. Um, so I would say that is my bonus bit. Uh, thank you. So um, 
I'm, I'm pretty well done now. I bought, got this sheep from uh, um, a second-hand uh, cyber sale. Um, it's, uh, it's called a cyber sheep, actually. Um, it, it gets a bit frisky sometimes, but um, I think it's safe. <laughs> Excuse me. I think I better... <laughs> Goodbye. Um, now, you may think that Nick is a frustrated performer. He's not frustrated at all. He's, he's, he's very much a performer and having a great time doing it. Uh, thanks to Nick for his contribution. Uh, he will plug his wares uh, at the end of the next episode. Uh, he does a brilliant podcast called the uh, Scratch and Sniff podcast, where he's interviewed some brilliant people, Stephanie Beecham, uh, uh, Anne Mitchell, uh, Julie Hesmondhall, uh, all sorts of people. And there's also an episode with me. Um, uh, I suspect he's interviewed my other half as well, I suspect she was the target and i was <laughs> I, I i i was the uh, little piece of land that you had to capture first um before you got to the capital um anyway i thoroughly enjoyed that episode it was uh, it was a bit it's i mean i loved it at first time when this when it was t it was the blazing heat um uh, but it really does seem right to be watching it in the dark as I am uh, because what was that sorry somebody's somebody's saying my my name um, that what that, that, that they're telling me not to turn around but but I want to turn around but they say I'll, they'll say I'll die if I turn around Thank you so much Toby Haydock for allowing me to be on this podcast and uh, I'm looking forward to coming back to talk about the Satan Pit with you. Um, just to say that I have a podcast called SNS Online where I interview actors, writers, musicians and all sorts uh, so check that out and I'm available for weddings, bar mitzvah, summer season for the rest of my life. But until next time it's uh, me, Nick Randall, uh, signing out. Happy times and places! <laughs> I awake. Well, I'm still awake. Uh, and before I go to bed, I am going to watch The Satan Pit. Uh, why did I say The Satan Pit? The Satan Pit. I think if you're America, you'd say, American, you'd say The Satan Pit. Like you say, Robin Hood or Doctor Who. Whereas we say, Doctor Who, Robin Hood. Uh, yeah, The Satan Pit. Oh, we do say this. It doesn't really matter. Um, I've already segued and I haven't even started. Um, I think I might must be infected by my special guest, the lovely Nick Randall, who has gone above and beyond the call of duty, not only in terms of what he's recorded, but also uh, in terms of the energy and enthusiasm <laughs> he has injected into proceedings. So he's recorded. You don't have to record a, a, an introduction for both episodes, but he has. Of course he has. So let's see what he's going to say. About, I mean, we know why he's chosen the Satan Pit, because it's part two of a two-part adventure. But he's going to tell us anyway. Uh, and, and for those of you that uh, can't see because you're listening to the podcast, uh, he's got the face of Bo in his hands at the beginning. Some enchanted evening. I will meet a stranger. I will meet a stranger across a crowded wall. Oh, Hello. <laughs> 
<clears throat> no explanation for that. Uh, hello, my name's Nick. Uh, I'm a podcaster and I'm also one of Toby Haydock's warm-up chaps for Happy Times and Places, which is all about uh, bits of Doctor Who that we love and guessing which bits of Doctor Who that we love and all the rest of it, um, which is very, very exciting. And I am on part two of The Impossible Planet slash The Satan Pit. And we are up to the Satan Pit. But just before uh, we start, just before we begin, if you don't mind me indulging myself a little bit, I just got this package from Kablam, which is so exciting. Um, it got sent from via transmission of interstitial time waves activated by nebulous contortions. Uh, Titwank. <laughs> um, so let's have a look in here. Uh, that's a lot of birds up. Oh, lots of wrapping in here. And bubble wrap as well, my favourite. I'll have a go with that later, hey readers? <laughs> um, oh dear me. Oh, you're gonna love this. I'm gonna love this. If I can open it up. It is a perfect replica in miniature of Patrick Troughton's first ever sonic screwdriver. How about that? From Fury from the Deep, um, episode one, uh, scene three, uh, four minutes, 25 seconds in. Awesome, man. Gorgeous. And oh, there's even the notes attached as well. Oh, thank you for purchasing your completely authentic and uh, commemorative second Doctor Who um, sonic screwdriver. Oh, its multi-purpose functionality will give you hours of pleasure. <laughs> and it has at least three settings, which is amazing. To quote Yoda from Star Wars, Star Wars? Saw you coming, we did. No, I don't understand that at all. Anyway, this is rather lovely. Just get rid of her. Anyway, it's time for uh, watching the Satan Pit and a lot of uh, hijinks and uh, great stories from Toby Hayden. And meanwhile, I'm gonna play with this bubble wrap from Kablam. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Explosion! Explosion! CGI! CGI! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, thanks, Nick. Uh, I I texted him uh, after watching uh, the uh, Impossible Planet and said, um, "Thanks very much for going such an effort." He said, "So sorry. I, I hope it doesn't seem like I've taken over your podcast." Uh, and I, and he said I didn't know you know I didn't know what, I didn't know what anybody else had done. The whole point of this is that everybody responds to the brief in their own way to show that Doctor Who fandom is a broad church. You have some very factual people who are very you know um, clear cut and straight. You have some people who uh, who choose silly things um and, and do it very lightly some people who come to it from a very intellectual point of view some who come to it from a nostalgic point of view and some who treat it as a stage <laughs> no, uh, and and each person must do it uh according to who they are I, and so I'm loving Nick's contribution uh, even though I think he's gone to far more effort than is strictly necessary but uh, I don't mind and I'm sure you don't dear uh, viewer slash podcaster um although if you are listening to the podcast version uh do uh, avail yourself of the video when it comes out much later because they're much harder to put together because um the visuals there are are you know the making of it anyway uh, i feel like we've already done about 
half an hour and we haven't even started the episode. So it's the Satan Pit and I am going to press uh, play in three, two, one. Uh, and uh, I'm watching uh, a version that has the recap from last week, which is nice. I like a recap. I like a next time on as well. Of course, we'd, we'd never, prior to Doctor Who coming back, had, you know, next time on. Uh, and I, I know some people who don't watch the next time ons because they consider them to be spoilers. I consider them to be the sort of the cliffhanger in a way, the thing that, that lures you back next week. Each to their own. I, I can sort of understand both. Um, I mean, I watched every clip that was that was that was coming. I, I I needed things to help me kill the week between Saturday and Saturday. That's changed in oh oh Keith. At least at least we see Keith again. Um, uh, is that now Saturday to Saturday or Sunday to Sunday seems to blow me off flyby. I go God, Doc Two's on again. I think I think as you get older, the time the time flies quicker. Its wings get bigger, and you can hear it beating beating its way to heaven's door uh anyway <coughs> we are back into doctor ah so there's no pre-credits sequence the pre-credits is <coughs> what happened last week that is fair enough i think it's uh it would be unreasonable to have a here's what happened last week and then we've got to we've got to get something really exciting to lead us into the credits as well um although these stories do tend to have um quick such quick story beats that there is incident uh every few minutes or so although i recall this one being a much slower second part than i'd expected from the first um it's still all very aliens uh with uh, with these guys finally somebody shot somebody um uh, that seems like a bloodthirsty thing to say but there was lots of cocking of weapons and pointing of weapons um uh and, and nobody actually fired keith got close but he got killed um so presumably there's lots of uh, ood brains splattered all over the place there. And they looked very much like um, uh, they were done in post, those bullets as well. Um, you know, so instead of having bullets flying about, which they'd have so effectively in Bad Wolf Parting of the Waves, I think that was... I, I could be wrong. Um, oh. Is, is, this where, is this where Sylvia gets hers? Yeah. Or Sheila. We don't... Uh, Sheila, Sylvia. Um... Uh, yeah, and, and when and she didn't even live to have Danny tell her, like he's told nobody, that Keith is dead. Um, so <laughs> I was gonna, do you know what I was gonna do? I was gonna actually the ood marching are so good. I've not not to be frivolous. I am being frivolous. I um, and and it all seems a bit. Zach seems stuffed, so I was convinced Zach was gonna die. Um, uh, and I really like Sean Parks. He's 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 an actor I would say with easy charisma. Um, and of course, it's 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 not easy. It's innate. You've either got got it or you haven't. Um, and uh, but because he's so <sighs> normal is the wrong word. But because he well normal, yeah, he's he's normal, but he's. He's TV normal, which means what you do is you get a, an actor who is watchable and charismatic, but you like him because there's seemingly no pyrotechnics there. It's not a it's not a virtuoso performance, and which which actually makes it all the more attractive. I think he's great. I love. I think this is so well cast. Andy Pryor, who 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 casts Doctor Who, um, I mean, I suspect he's got the 
well, I know he's got the he's got the profession at his beck and call because everyone wants to be in Doctor Who. But uh, you know, early on, when it it was coming back, Doctor Who was a bit of a joke, uh, and uh, Doctor Who has, of course, always relied on you know getting good actors to give it credibility and to 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 beef it up where um you know big budgets and special effects aren't always available uh and doctor's always very cleverly relied on its actors and I, and i think this is a prime example which is why i chose the ensemble for the impossible planet however so i can't choose them again so i can't go on about them um now listen uh i i nearly before I did this, went and looked to see the names of the performers who play uh, Sylvia and Keith, because um, I've got that information upstairs. But I do not prepare for these. I already do two podcasts, um, Too Much Information and Indefinable Magic, which take a lot of work, a lot of writing, a lot of research. Uh, I, you know, I also have to, to earn a living, uh, and I'm doing a Doc 2 DVD commentary two days after this. Uh, Doctor documentary the week after and then another day job I have which involves walking the cobbles of a place called Weatherfield so uh, I can't I can't prepare for these any information I give you is with the caveat this is what I think these are the you know I have not I have not prepared or looked up stuff so I but I part of me really wants to know I like the idea that and also I haven't researched the new series. I still think of this as I know probably some listeners to this. This is ancient Doctor Who because if you're if if you're 25 now, you were 10 when when this was on. Is that right? Yeah, about that. Because um, this is series two. Um, whereas this is relatively <laughs> new to me. So I've I've never apart from reading Doctor Who magazine articles and interviews, listening to commentaries on the, the DVDs when they came out and the red button commentaries and obviously pouring over the stuff when these episodes were out. So, yeah, 15 years or so ago. Um, that's the, all the information I have. I haven't re researched them since in the way that I, I have the sort of older stuff because I see that as the, the, the need to speak to people from those shows sort of more urgent. Um I did meet Danny Webb. But he was he was playing Gloucester to Ian McKellen's King Lear. Very well he was. I treated myself to a ticket. They had one ticket left, and I had a I had a spare night in London. And uh, my friend Lloyd Hutchinson was playing uh, the fool. So I, I met Lloyd after for a drink, and and Danny Webb was there. And uh, uh, I said about three things to him, and they were all stupid. Uh, I'd read in the program that he'd played Cornwall to Glenda Jackson's. King Lear so I sort of said oh and you were caught and he went yeah and he wasn't unpleasant but it was just a really stupid thing I was I was I wanted to say something that would make him like me <laughs> I don't know uh and yeah so we had a we had a brief chat um I didn't mention Doctor Who uh, I did say I know your work which is I think a nice thing to say to somebody but um I don't think I made much of an impression uh and it was quite a long show so there wasn't long in the bar and uh, I was catching up with uh, with Lloydie anyway. But uh, so I've met Danny Webb. Uh, but I wish and I, I'll tell you why I was happy that he gets top billing this, because there was a, a Sherlock Holmes with um, Richard Roxburgh um, that was done at Christmas not long before this. Uh, 
few years and he'd played Lestrade but actually Lestrade only had like one scene so it wasn't a great part and he was quite low down the credits and I thought oh but it's Danny Webb doing such a tiny part so when he was I wanted Doctor Who to be giving him good you know and he did and it did the Ood are brilliant and having the alien talk the beast talking through the Ood uh is is great they are so and making their eyes go red suddenly those benign uh rather sweet creatures become absolutely terrifying looking just by giving them red eyes it's sort of robots of deathy uh um uh, and of course we we, uh, uh, that's what i was going to say yes um it's great it's brilliantly directed by james strong so that's a great shot uh panning across the ood as they wait and all they're doing is holding balls uh, but th- I, they've they've turned the translation of devices into killers. But those those masks are absolutely superb from the from the texture to the eyes to the to the liquid you know the the moisture on them. Uh, I mean this is top class stuff. Um, and Gabriel Wolf, oh my goodness! And I think he's slightly puzzled by his contribution to Doctor Who. Although that said, I got to interview Gabriel Wolf on stage at the 50th anniversary thing, and he'd brought Sutex speech with him. Uh, and, and so he said, uh, if I may, and he read it out loud on the stage, and everyone gave him a round of applause. So I think he knows that that's his party piece, you know, or, or life shell, uh, you know, fish, fish, reptiles, fish. He has a go at fish, doesn't he, Sutek? Uh, which seems incongruous. I don't know why. Everything else saying animals, people, blah, but then when he goes fish, you go, oh, hang on, calm down. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is brilliant, the, 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 the psychological stuff that he plays. We never know what, uh, what Jefferson did to his wife. And poor old Will Thorpe's a virgin, goodness me. And, of course, he... Well, spoilers, he dies at the end, so he dies one, that seems... Why, why do we think, why do we think, oh, somebody died a virgin, that's a tragedy. It's a, there's all sorts of tragedies associated with, with, with something, I suspect, as he breathed his laugh, last, his, if he didn't think, oh, if only I'd had the sex. Uh, maybe he did, I don't know. Ah! Oh, I love that. That's, so, that's proper Doctor Who scare. It's quite grown-up stuff, isn't it, saying somebody's a... a a virgin it's uh if you're a kid i think watching that you go oh god they're talking about grown-up stuff and that's the sort of stuff anything sort of related to sex you wouldn't have had in in classic doctor who that's that's uh how society has changed slightly um and how viewing has changed slightly being a bit more honest and open about that i i, I mean i think doctor who's always judged it quite well i i like the fact that doctor who doesn't have a high sex content and i don't mean i don't mean actual sex, but i mean that that it's it is quite a chaste show and i quite like that because i think there's sex and drugs and rock and roll all all over telly and i like the fact that doctor who relies on other things you know it gets its kicks from ancient evil rather than the fact that michelle shag james or whatever you know which is the staple of many programs but uh I think Doctor Who does well to steer clear of it. And unrequited love is a is a different thing. And again, I think they, I, I think the way that they did it with the Doctor and and Rose, um, was essential to its success. But didn't actually break any of the cardinal laws of you know no hanky panky and the Tardis. Got very close. Um, lovely, another lovely bit of jeopardy there. Doctor and Ida are stuck. 
Um, although, uh, I mean, you would have believed from last week that, um, uh, you know, they'd, they'd currently be dining with the Beast because the cliffhanger was that the Beast was coming to get them. But uh, actually, it was just the camera, which is a bit of a cheat. I love I love all the cable uh, that's, uh, that shows it's totally, totally, totally stuffed. Uh Um, so look, uh, yeah, Silver and Keith are gone. Nobody's mentioned it to anybody. Why? Well, yeah, Jefferson hasn't gone. The, the Uda kind of break in, and by the way, Sylvia's dead. Uh, that's a great shot. These, those, the production design's fantastic because it's got the, the 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 circles in the doors, and they've been used at various times. This to, there's one in part one, isn't there, with Toby with the slide, which is a great cutting from the door to the to the slide it's very well put together um uh yeah very good um um uh but yes i i do like the idea that in 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 <laughs> in 20 years time when i'm in when i'm getting my pension i go and now i shall track down all the people from the russell t davis era of doctor who uh, and and I track down Sylvia and Keith, and you know she's a big Hollywood executive, and and uh, and and he's he's been starring in his own show, uh, and I think oh god they probably want to want to talk about Doctor Who, and actually they're both go no no we love the fact that we were in Doctor Who before we were really really successful, and uh, yeah yeah we know we've got real affection for it, and uh, and then they tell me that they actually did have scenes where their deaths were recorded, and they uh, and, and, and you know that the, the, they had a whole funeral and everything, but it had to be cut for time uh, and then then we'll discover that footage and then we'll get the satan pit the impossible punish the, the silver in keith cut and and then and then keith will say uh because uh, the, the actors are called the same uh and, and keith will say oh i always uh i always actually had a bit of a a, a, a torch for, for for sylvia uh and 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 then i'll go oh but actually she's i know that she's just come out of a relationship um and, and is looking to settle down perhaps with somebody she used to know and and, and he'll go oh have you have you got a n number i'll go we don't do numbers anymore phones are obsolete we just we just transmit to each other's microchips have you got a microchip code yes uh and then they'll get married and i'll go to their wedding and <laughs> yeah i've decided that's what's going to happen so um we need the, the ballad of sheila and keith uh, or sylvia and keith um uh, oh, nice, nice little kick you did there, Rose. Uh, Billy Piper. I've, uh, we're in. I'm in danger of taking Billy Piper for granted, because she was the big surprise, of course. Um, you know. Oh God, Billy Piper, the pop star's going to be a doctor, and she lights up every scene that she's in. She's such a good actress. Um, uh, and. Uh, and, and it's obviously the continuity between, you know, because we lost Christopher Eccleston so early, Tennant is still the new boy. Um, although this is Billy Piper's last recorded story, I think, isn't it? Because they did the, the cyber two-parter and the season finale all together uh, relatively early, I think, didn't they? And and this was the this was the last stuff they recorded. These were the last ones that they did. Oh, this is proper Doctor Who, and, and 
it's uh, I think the reason I like it is because it's what I always wanted Doctor Who to be when it couldn't quite be that when I was watching old stuff because it didn't have the resources and some stories I'd imagined looking like this but obviously didn't because you know they were filmed well not filmed uh, videotaped at a time you you couldn't make stuff that looked like this so when I read the Target books they all looked like this and then when I watched them they didn't look like this um, and and this so this has enough of fulfilling my dreams of what I wanted Doctor Who to look like, but it retains enough of the character and quality and all those brilliant things that Doctor Who did originally, and it hasn't traded any of those in. Uh, and and you can do such good lighting. I uh, that the 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 nature of the sets, um, uh, and it's even got a ventilation shaft. And I like the fact that. Danny Webb doesn't do it all sort of, oh, yes, aren't we being arch about this? He's he's totally in the situation. Sean Parks still hasn't been in a scene with anybody else. Uh, he's talking to nobody. He's pressing buttons. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, you've got to be good. Um, so it's getting a bit aliens -y. It's It gets a bit more philosophical down here. I think Ida and the Doctor are, treading water a little bit um although as i say i'm watching on a slightly bigger screen than i would have had at the time and uh, the 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 set and the obviously the, the 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 cheating that they do to to make the caves bigger and augment them with bits is uh, again really impressive visuals um oh. um but yeah the doctor's the doctor's about to get very philosophical as he goes down the hole isn't he um talk about lots of different religions um because the beast is is chained down it's interesting because this is this is sort of related to pyramids of mars um uh and uh in that the villain is essentially sitting in a chair being a scary voice uh and here the villain is chained up and can't go anywhere and is essentially a projected scary voice and you know, other people are doing the dirty work. So there are there are similarities with pyramids. I'm not saying it's it's plagiarized from it, it's just it's very interesting how um you know, both ways of dealing with the devil, the all powerful, is that you can't actually have them loose because they'd you know, they'd crush everybody straight away. So they have to use inadequate vessels to carry out their dirty work. I thought Danny might might get it here. Um, um and he, he never did. He never did. Danny survives. Um, I, I, I love all of this. I'm a sucker for this. It's 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 very sort of boy's own adventure. Or, or It was the sort of thing that movies did. You know, I remember watching Aliens at home and as a kid and thinking, oh, if only Doc 2 could do this sort of thing. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it can. That's great shot. Great shot um, of the of the Ood in the doorway when the when the grating falls uh and uh oh a bottom joke it's very risque <laughs> but again i think it judges it judges it pretty well um another good special effect shot uh, just to give us a sense of where we are um quite claustrophobic isn't it and, and isn't it great that they're in they're in well they're not in ventilation shafts are they are they service ducts whatever they are uh, but a good old staple of Doctor Who. And you've got, and of course, Zack's doing all of that, but the Ood are breaking in, and he's only got, what is it, four 
four, four, four uh, nails or whatever it is in his nail gun. So. Dear, dear, fart joke. They're not my favourite, but I understand there's a place for them. Um, this is great. This um, this must have been such fun to do. Um, this is what acting is to me. It's, it's sitting there with a gun, being dramatic while aliens are after you. Yeah, give me that. <laughs> I mean, as I say, Danny Webb, I saw his very good Gloucester opposite Ian McKellen's King Lear. But secretly, I think it's probably more fun to play a man in a ventilator shaft shooting homicidal squid beasts. Um, and, 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 you know, this is a, this is a classic, classic staple where, you know, you, you have to, you, you know, Doctor Who's had it, hasn't it, of, uh, of uh, in full circle where uh, Varsh... Um, you know, gets stuck behind a door that's closing. And this is essentially uh, what we have here with uh, with uh, with Jefferson, although uh, uh, we, we don't we don't know yet that he's not going to make it, but he's kind of sealed his fate by holding the defensive position. Uh, and, and that's all done by suggestion as well, because you've got the the the, the shooting uh, and uh, you know, it's it's not going to be pretty the other side of it, but we don't see it, so that's fine. Um, c come on, Mr. Jefferson. Uh, uh, and and it's and it's clever. You really buy all of this. Ronnie Judd is doing that very well. Um, uh, you know, and the idea that you can you can only have the air in one place and not the other. Uh, Go on, Jefferson. You got And this is really tense. This is really good, and that's a great staple as well. You know, the machine gun running out, and you you get the pistol out, and then you chuck the pistol. Uh, and come on, Jefferson. And of course, he's part of his character is that he's the he's the salty old Sarge. Uh, so he's not going to be as quick as everybody else. Come on, Mr. Jefferson. Oh no, I see. Oh, but I love that. This is this is the stuff. This is the stuff. This is the stuff that gets me heroic sacrifice. Um, oh, and he does it so nicely. I love Danny Webb. Uh, even, even though I was very unimpressive in his presence. Yes, you did, Mr. Jefferson. Oh. And they can and they can hear they can all hear it. That's the great thing about communicators, is you can sort of eavesdrop on intimate moments. Uh Speed up the process. Oh dear. Death by Ood. I, I, I'm not quite sure because because it does take a while to suffocate. But I suppose if they if they suck the air out really quickly, do you go unconscious? That's what I'm going for. Yeah. And so of course Zach has to do it. Oh dear! <laughs> that makes me. That's the sort of thing that makes me. So of course, I mean, yeah, it's. Oh, oh, see, I'm a sucker for this, uh, with honours, you know, and that's a bit. Uh, well, that's slightly subverted a bit, isn't it, in Horror of Fang Rock with Colonel Skinsale, uh, Death with Honour. Oh, 
Yes, I get quite emotional at things like that. It's very, it's very, I'm not so soppy about the sort of lovey-dovey scenes, but heroic sacrifice is my thing. I, I, I was, I suppose, because of the sort of stuff I, I grew up reading, I don't know. Uh, oh, that's brilliant. Um, uh, they've gone all that way and they're, they're at the final juncture. You think, oh, they've got a bit of respite. No, there's Ood on the other side after, you know, the quiet moment of reflection for the for the fallen comrade. Although, and this is a brilliant shock moment where you just have uh, Toby do that. That's so good. Because he's been, he's been scared and he's the virgin and all of that sort of thing. You, you've, you, you sort of know, that, you know, you just sort of think, oh, well, he was just taken over at the beginning. Oh, no, it's still lurking within him. So even if they do escape the Ood, they don't know that they've got the sort of the beast's vessel with them. Uh, so it's, there's, there's, nev- there's never anything that happens here where Jeopardy is not a knocking on the door. Um, for everybody, for everybody involved. It's so layered. It's so brilliantly um, structured and pieced together. Um, oh, and he's got his bolt gun. Oh, yes, so you're going to turn the Ud off. Yeah, because... Well done, well done, well done. That's good, that's good. Oh, I got I got quite into that. <laughs> um, so I lost track when I was talking about something, wasn't I? It uh, doesn't matter doesn't matter this is all good and of course it's making very good use of the oud because it's it's probably only the same half dozen oud but they're all on various different sets so you get really get the impression of of scale and a large amount of them um oh that's what i was gonna say yeah he they 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 put maynard dead with honors no sylvia isn't even officially dead yet there could be there could be a whole short trip or, uh, or or something where somebody goes looking for Silver and Keith because their deaths haven't even been recorded. Anyway, sorry, I'm talking about Silver and Keith uh, when the Doctor's doing. He's he's doing his musing on religions, um, which is which is a fascinating concept, isn't it? Is that obviously everyone thinks their religion is right, but all religions have you know, commonalities to them um, because, you know, we, we create them in our own image and we, we um, and I'm not knocking religion. I'm not a religious person myself, I, I, I think. But I actually think having something that gives you a code of honour is, is important and good. I also think, and perhaps I don't, uh, I, I'm too, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm too narcissistic. Not, I, you know, that I find the argument very convincing for religion that you have to believe in something that you have no proof of, but to, that you are deferent to, to to make you have a sense of place, so that you're not the most important person in the world. And I think a lot of today's problems are to do with people thinking that they and and their point of view are the most important and only. And actually, religion can work counter to that because it, it can give you a sense of shared community and, as I say, a subservience to a greater thing, which uh, makes you um, get over yourself. Um, but I, uh, I've... I, I have to see it to believe it, I think. Uh, although I do like the idea. I, I, I just, you know. there. Are, it's just the fact that every different 
society has come up with their own religion they can't all be right well they can all be right if it's just that everyone's interpreted the same thing and got you know and over the centuries you know the, the, the stories have changed and metamorphosed but they're all based on the same thing and that's sort of what this is about going well the devil is the devil uh in all these sorts of different religions and they have their commonalities but they're there so you know so they could all be based on the same person gabriel wolf they're all they're all sutek they're all um and and i like the fact that that has that continuity within within the doctor who universe as well as it is based very much on on uh you know on 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 us you know um and i think david tennant is so good here and he's so good and again for a, a science fiction show i think it's quite important to go and at moments we just have to do things where we have a leap of faith and it's not all science and maths because science can be as restrictive and as cold as uh, 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 as as anything and uh, that can be its own sort of religion um oh did they chant ch ch chance the flavia the uh, the singing lady piece of incidental music i think they did um Go on, you're going to jump? Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. That's a really thoughtful moment. Uh, but it's interesting, isn't it, that, 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 you know, Rose and that lot are at the sort of heart of the action and the Doctor's there sort of pondering about... Uh, uh, you know, religion and... Uh, all that. Oh, she's really good too. Uh, but of course, because the Ood have passed out now, we've we've got a little time. Uh, but it's but there's still you know. For Rose, the Doctor is gone, so we you know they they keep being separated, uh, <laughs> and just as she's out of danger, uh, she's now got to start worrying about him. Oh, and it's so sad for Ida, who just gets to just gets to sit on the. I wonder what it's like getting the script going, and what action? Do, oh, I get to sit on the edge of a plate. But actually, she gets she gets some nice stuff to do, and she's really, really good at it. Yeah, off you go, getting off the getting off the place. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. The the, the 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 that's what this era does well as well is that that that, is that and I think Doctor Who that the advantage of going from place to place and story to story is every time you get introduced to a new bunch of characters and you get characters you're interested in and you like and if they're well drawn you get to know them in the space of what an hour and a half um, and that's that's why I mentioned the Poseidon adventure last time is because. Basically, every time you get to a Doctor Who story, not everyone's going to get out alive. In fact, there are so few stories where everybody lives uh, that, that part of the game, if you like, is going, are they making me like this person because they're going to kill them? Or are they making me like this person because they're going to live and I'll be happy? Uh, and, and that's the wonderful thing about going to, 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 to different places every time. Um, is this... I wonder how popular this one is 
Um, I'm surprised it's not more popular because the season I always used to get across because the season finales always used to win the season polls because they're the season finales. Um, uh, but I, th I think did this one come? Did this one come second after Army of Ghosts and uh, Doomsday? I think it probably did. Oh, the twitching ood. That's really horrible. Uh, that's really it's, that's really grim, <laughs> but very very good. Um, and the doctor is fine, and he's broken his uh, his he's broken his helmet. Quiet at the back. Oh, I'm I'll be surprised if Nick doesn't make something of that. Um, but this is surely this is a classic, and because I I do have some friends who don't like. 2005 onwards who who are very much classic series people i would hope that this is this is one that uh that even fans of you know just stick in the muds who refused to like anything beyond uh survival would 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 acknowledge that this is good old proper doctor who um because it's got everything it's got everything uh, except eulogies for Sylvia and Keith, which I'm not going to forgive them for. Oh, that's... And again, you know, there's jeopardy there. Rose is gone. Uh, and, you f and you feel it. And it makes you think, how the hell is she going to get back to him? Uh, but of course, uh, the bolt gun there is going to be used later so it's not just there to show that Rose is trying to get back to the doctor and, and so that she doesn't just do a sort of mealy mouth protest or whatever it's it's very clever seeding because we know the bolt gun is there which is now going to be used spoilers uh, later on uh, but I remember thinking when this happened I was like, well where's the story going to go for me because they've They've sort of gone. What's the doctor going to do? Uh, and uh, that's a bit Quatermassy because there's a there's a whole bit in uh, in Quatermass in the pit where uh, in Rony's lab they have uh, they have pictures of um, cave paintings over thirty thousand years old. Are they? Uh, and they're pictures of you know cavemen in ritual masks, and the ritual masks are gargoyles, and the gargoyles look like the Martians in the pit, because the Martians in the pit uh, are reminiscent of uh, Satan, the beast, blah de blah de blah and that's where we get our satanic images from, ancient Mars, so it all ties in. That is an absolutely glorious special effect. It's a brilliant design. It's utterly terrifying. Uh, and they've still got the bad guy on board. Woody, he played in Casualty. He was a nice ambulance driver. Uh, then I think he did Corey for a bit. Um, oh, so you're, yeah, you're good. And this is, and you feel the heat. The lighting there is great as well, because I suspect that's probably at four o'clock in the morning and absolutely bloody freezing. Uh, but they've they've made it look like he's, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, baking in the glare of the beast's heat. But it's got a tongue, it's got broken teeth, it's the, the red, 
because of the red of the devil. It's a, it's a bit like the, the legend, isn't it? That Tom Cruise movie, um, which is, again, based on the, the picture of the devil. I think that's an absolutely terrific special effect. And, and again, Tenant is, you have, a bit like Sean Parks with just pressing buttons and talking to nobody. David Tennant is doing all of this. He's not having a conversation. He is getting all of this out, but it doesn't seem like an info dump. Uh, it's it's the brains of the doctor working it all out. Um, and of course, and that's brilliant, the way that it's cut like that. I know some people find that quite annoying, but I, I, I love that because that's the doctor's mind, sort of bish, bash, bosh, you know. Uh, this, is, this is a man who's cogs were so so very quickly uh and, and that's a sign of a you know genius mind working things out quicker than we ever possibly could and he talks it through which is very handy because then we the audience get told it it's brilliant it's all so well done and i love the the, the wobble from the heat it's in toby toby is the devil uh so the doctor's the doctor's actually not able to do anything, is he? Uh, as far as you know, he's uh, again. So he's got he's got. They're always worried about each other. These two. It's it's a bit like. It's actually it's a bit like having kids rather than a relationship. I was going to say it's a bit like being in a relationship. Um, well, no, it's not. It's not like having kids because your kids don't worry about you at all. But when you have kids, you worry about them all the time. Um, So I'd be interested to see what the... Because the original scripts, I believe, were very, very different. I've never, as I say, I've never massively, um, you know, I've, I've not been able to go over any documents or anything from, from New Who. Um, nor am I in Harry hurry to do so. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do when, when I'm claiming my pension. Uh, or I might... Or other people will have done it first and I can just... Uh, I, I can just uh, read all about it. I've got... Uh, but um, but yes, it it means that's the wonderful thing about Doctor Who is that I ex I experienced this as it went out, and obviously we learnt stuff with Doctor Who Confidential and contemporary interviews. In in fifteen years' time, you know there'll be there'll be more stuff to come because people people will say things in interviews in fifty years time fifteen years time that they won't say now and they certainly wouldn't have said then and I don't mean bad things either I'm not I don't, I'm not a gossip but but because also time changes opinions um I mean actually you know I must say my Doctor Who scarf um you know when I was doing it and just after it I was very proud of it and very happy with it then about five years later I couldn't even listen to it and I hated it um uh, and actually, I'm slightly better. Dis I, I got slightly better disposed to it when my kids wanted to listen to it. But now I'm a bit ambivalent. But that's because I haven't heard it for ages. But I know there are certain jokes I wouldn't now do that I did then. Uh, so you do your opinion on something changes. So that the people who made this will all have different views. I know this was Billy Piper's. I think said her favourite one in the Radio Times interview. I wonder what she thinks. You know, with the passage of time or when you go back to it and watch it and some things are better than you remember and some things are, are worse. So there's, there's always going to be stuff to talk about and find out about, um, uh, about these, but particularly what I started with, which is uh, uh, this, this I think had the Slitheen in it and was obviously very different. Uh, and I'd be really interested to see, 
you know the the starting point what it was and and what it became and 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 how many versions there were uh and i'm sure that will come out at some point although of course modern doctor who is done quite often by email i'm sure um so it's it's not like you know production files from old stuff where everything had to be written down and on paper and there's bits of paper for everything um i hope there's someone somewhere collating all of the emails and that the internet suddenly doesn't melt and loses it all because i suppose because you know once you trade in your old computer or whatever uh, um a lot of your stuff i don't think i've got draft scripts from i'll say my doc 2 scarf anymore because i wrote them on a big old pc do you know what i mean i don't think I, and that crashed and i think i lost a load of stuff so uh and did i ever print it off i do you know what? i don't know that i did uh have i recorded it yes i have um <laughs> i suddenly had a panic <laughs> but the, the, this is a brilliant brilliant that fire is great um, but yeah, writing the history of this Doctor will rely very much, I suspect, on saying to Russell T. Davis, can, can, can we look through all the attachments on your emails? Um, it's, it's, it's quite a mimsy, it's quite, I, I love this, and, and I think that the burning devil is absolutely fantastic, but what's, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure what he's, why he's yelling at them and, and, and doing a little bit of amateur fire breathing. Um, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a good parting shot um, and a, an ingenious way of getting rid of him. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit bad for Toby because are we to assume then that Toby was, is it a Sergeant Arnold thing when we get to the Web of Fear? Oh, I've got a whole thing about the fact that Sergeant Arnold is in the target book is 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 only the intelligence when the intelligence needs him to be and the rest of the time he's Sergeant Arnold whereas in the TV version uh, he's he's one of the first soldiers to die and he's always been the intelligence as long as we know I hate that because Sergeant Arnold is such a good character I I think I prefer it that that Toby was Toby as far as he was concerned except for the bits where the devil took him over for those moments but that actually doesn't tie in with that uh, and also it means that um uh rose has just murdered toby whereas if she's just uh you know uh made the devil get sucked out that's 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 slightly better uh and do you know what this finding of the tardis when we have when we're in a story that's about leaps of faith uh is absolutely fine um i know some old school fan friends who would not forgive that uh which i think is a bit churlish considering some of the things that the old doctor who got away with uh i i think it's th thematically appropriate uh that the doctor should stumble across the tardis and it has fallen down there so why not um i i think that's fine um uh and you know and at the last minute, they've been saved. And that works because he knows where they are. He knows they're on the ship. Boom, boom, boom. I think that all works. I think that's most satisfactory. I think I think it does it does meander slightly with the Doctor's philosophical bit. But, which I know I talked through a lot. And, and I think I might have benefited from listening to. Because I, I, I wonder if I would have enjoyed it more now that I'm a bit older and... and, and uh, 
I'm not expecting the devil to come out of the hole because I know it doesn't. And I think what he's talking about, um, uh, you know, is is very interesting and thoughtful. But um, and you, uh, you know, you've got a you, you've got a good actor um, carrying a slightly more thoughtful part of the story because it doesn't have to be all action adventure. You're 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 getting there. Uh, you know, you're 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 getting all the actiony stuff with Rose and Jefferson and those guys in the tunnels. I, it's it's uh, that's an interesting thing though. He had time for one trip, so he could either save Ida or he could save all of the Ood. Um, that is a bit. That is that is a bit. Um, well, human beings are more important than things that don't look like us. It's a, and it's the similarities with the arc there as well, aren't there? And I know a lot of people see the arc as quite a reactionary thing, which I'd not read it as until uh, Rob and I did uh, running through corridors, where Ross, Rob pointed out that it, it it is a bit saying, don't don't give the don't give the, the 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 savages or the you know slash aliens their um, their head, otherwise they only go and you know try and take over and steal things from you. And I hadn't read it like that at all, uh, but it's there, it's there uncomfortably. And I, I think the human race get off quite lightly uh, with the Ood, and, and in not going back to rescue them, um, uh, I think I, I think the Doctor and yeah, yeah. And is that is that deliberate? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't all have to be neat and nice. It's it's, but but the story doesn't seem to give us a payoff for that. You know, the story doesn't sort of go. But we're all a bit naughty for being like that. Uh, the stuff of lads now and yeah, you yeah, that's a bit cocky, guys. You're in trouble very soon. Um, yeah. What about? Uh, and now he's going to list all of the Ood. He's going to list them all in numerical order, which means I hope he's he's waiting for a big crescendo with Sylvia and Keith after the Ood, and with full military honours and statues in their name. Uh, <laughs> oh, and love and monsters. Uh, uh, gosh, this was weird for me because uh um i was at peter k's first ever stand-up gig my goodness me and there he was being in doctor who um and now john bishop is in doctor who i've gigged with a million times everybody i know is in doctor who uh, <laughs> i love love and monsters um can't wait to do that for this um i love this year of doctor who and i it's interesting i think um don't know. Don't cut to the next episode. Don't cut to the next episode. How do I stop it doing that? Yes, like that. Um, t t what was I? Oh, I was. A, uh, I, what I didn't mention as well was that I love the fact that uh, the, the the writing on the wall is so old that the TARDIS hasn't been able to translate it. That's another thing where you're taking all the constituents of the show. So the TARDIS translation device, which is really really handy, and you go, well, how do we make? How do we make a thing really, really scary? Well, let's have it so old that this thing that is a confection that is that is that is made up that is part of our fiction, 
but is so deeply entrenched in part of our as part of our fiction the TARDIS translation thing if we now have a thing that it can't translate that suddenly makes it go oh even though it actually means nothing but it's great because it also means that you can't you don't write what the words are so which is handy because if if written down if we had seen what they were they were never going to be as 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 scary as actually not knowing what the ancient screed says you know because your imagination conjures more than words ever could um so I didn't mention that in episode one, which I think is a is a is a great thing. Um, so here we are. That was so I've got to choose. Oh, how many things has he chosen? Because he chose he chose four last time, didn't it? So he's chosen first, second, third, and bonus. So I've got to choose four things. Well, the Satan pit, the Satan, the the special effect of the beast, uh, which I think is absolutely extraordinary um and fantastic um a triumph that still looks really really good um jefferson's death but that's the that's the bit that got me uh the most that you know that that self-sacrifice uh i i thought was uh terrific um Now, see, if if I'd chosen Scooty's death in episode one, which I should have done, I could have chosen the ensemble cast uh, for this, but I can't. Um, uh, I think the... Oh, well, the the design. I think the whole look of it. And the whole... The design slash the whole aliens kind of aesthetic. So that, that ties in with the you know, the, the Ood coming down the tunnels and all of that sort of stuff, the whole look of it. Um, well, tips are hat to James Strong, the director as well. But 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 I think, but I think yeah, the design, the design uh, uh, and the evocation of, of, of aliens, I think, you know, really, um, I think really uh, is, 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 is uh, supremely effective and the way that they've augmented the, the, the caves or the, 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 uh, the, the real... Uh, rocky landscape that uh, David Tennant uh, and uh, Claire Rushbrook are on um, and one more thing one more thing um, well it's got to be the it's got to be the casting of Gabriel Wolf to stretch it back to Pyramids of Mars and the fact that you know the beast sort of thematically links back to old doctor Who, but also that helps to link the whole idea of the beast being linked across all religions and everything the sort of interconnectedness of the fact that it's all sort of based on the same idea and the fact that they've done that even within the lore of doctor who i don't think uh i'm anywhere close to what nick will choose um but let's see his first thing Thanks a lot, Toby. And as you see, I've recovered from my kablam explosion and got a new scarf as well. Uh, My first favourite bit of this episode is Rose Tyler transforming herself into the Doctor or or thinking like the Doctor thinks, um, which is a theme that I think evolves later on with other assistants, particularly Clara Oswald, who gets a bit carried away and thinks she actually is the Doctor. I mean, come on, darling, get over yourself. But Rose, uh, it's good, it's like, oh, what do we do now? This is uh, an impossible situation. Let's think about it. We'll do this, we'll do that. She gets them all um, into action, getting them down the, the, the shaft and all the rest of it. So I thought that was pretty cool that, um, you know, the Doctor was out of the picture, as it were. 
and she uh, she cracked on regardless. Uh, all power to the assistant, you know, um, was it girl power? Assistant power, assistant power. So I like that. I think that was the beginning. I mean, it's done before in more subtle ways in, in previous series in the classic, but that was the first time I think it was underlined that, right, I'm going to be the doctor now. Um, so I like that. So that was my first favourite bit. Note to self, uh, I will take David Tennant and Billy Piper and in fact, all of the regulars for granted if I am not careful, uh, because there's—I mean—they're pretty spot on all of the time. So I must remember to make notes to go. I particularly like that bit the Doctor and Companion did because I'm in danger of not mentioning them at all. Because you look at what because that's the thing about Doctor Who—you look at all the stuff that's new or or peculiar peculiar pardon me to this particular adventure uh which uh means you can seriously underestimate the the very things that make you come back each week which are the two very very fine actors uh at the center of of the show and they are great um so yeah sorry billy piper david tennant because you're superb um second thing and my second favorite bit is that really, really exciting bit when they go down the mine shaft, the shaft thing that, um, you know, connects all the corridors and all the rest of it. Um, because we love the base under siege thing anyway. I mean, there's such a classic uh, Doctor Who thang, uh, which is essentially what this story is. But it gets even more claustrophobic when they're down there and he's having to move the air around the uh, the main guy to um, to keep them breathing and all the rest of the Uda following them. Um, and uh, yeah, I really like that bit. Uh, and the the climax of that bit for me was when Toby Zed is screaming to be let out, and then he turns around, and goes like this with his red eyes, and you suddenly realise he's still in control of uh, he's still being controlled by the youth. Um, no, not the youth, uh, by the monster, but what <laughs> the creature, the creature from the pit. No, the Satan, Satan's pit. You see, you have to get up very early to catch me out, dear readers. Uh, but that is my second favourite bit of the episode. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. I, I I was thinking when he started that that I was going to have that, but I'd specifically I think chosen uh, the bit he didn't mention, which was Jefferson's uh, self sacrifice rather than Toby's bit. And yes, Toby is Toby is the beast. So I wonder when Toby. I suppose Toby dies as soon as the beast gets him. So he's never Toby after that. So. Why is he dead with honours then? Because he didn't do anything particularly brave, actually. Um, uh, and I think that actually undermines the honours that have been conferred upon uh, everybody else, including Sylvia and Keith, who, who obviously get theirs off screen. <laughs> uh, number three. Okay, my third favourite bit in this episode is not only one of my favourite bits in Doctor Who, but one of my favourite bits in drama. Uh, television drama. I love it so much. It's the scene where um, either Scott and the Doctor are waiting by the pit. They think all is lost and the Doctor decides to uh, take a leap of faith and just jump in the pit uh, holding onto the rope. Um, it's just a wonderful scene. I love it so much. It's directed by James Strong. Uh, Claire Rushbrook um, is either. She's fantastic. David Tennant, of course. Oh my god. And there's this wonderful image of him uh, in his spacesuit, just holding on. It's just blackness. It's a very simple uh, frames um, image, but it's 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 so strong. And Ida sitting on the side, assuming they're both going to die, 
And there's this wonderful respect between them. It's a lovely conversation that allows the plot to, uh, to, to just slow down a little bit while we just have this, this lovely conversation about religion. And it's like un unpeeling layers of an onion a little bit with the, with the characters, particularly with Ida. There's one moment when she suddenly remembers her mum and she just says, oh, my poor mum, or something like that. And it's, it's just so well done. And it, it got me quite misty-eyed at that point, I must say, I must say. Oh, oh. No, it did, a little bit, um, because it just felt very real that they were really in this situation, that they, they were going to die, and she was never going to see her mum again. And that little moment when she just mentions her mum implied a, a huge backstory, um, a whole world, a whole universe um, of, of, of her life and her life with her mum and uh, things that were, were, were left unsaid and arguments and all the rest of it. Uh, and I love that, the fact that, you know, you could have a whole drama about Ida Scott's life with her mum, which we would love to see, particularly if, if Russell wrote it, because um, he does that sort of stuff so well. So that's, I just thought that was very powerful. Then all the conversation about organised religion and that killer line, the things that men do, I, it just, I thought, my God, this is, this is just amazing drama. You want to see this in a clip in BAFTA to show all the, uh, you know, the people who think um, Doctor Who's just running up and down corridors. The fact that it can be like this as well. And not that running down corridors is not brilliant as well, um, I must say. But um, yeah, the things that men do, which is just implied just the evil that, 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 that people can do. If you think about the last few years with Brexit and Trump and all the rest of it. Let's not get started about that and code. Um, yeah, it just, I think that one simple line spoke volumes to me um, about what organised religion can be like, how it can affect um, people's lives. And I know in the future, uh, Russell C. Davis has banned religion uh, on the um, on the uh, the spaceship or if it was the, uh, yeah, that, when the Earth exploded. Um, that bit. So I just thought that was beautiful. Uh, as I said, I love the respect between them uh, as as, uh, as scientists, and uh, she almost um, became a companion in that scene. Um, and I love the fact they, because so many scenes in Doctor Who are very heightened. There's lots of shouting, lots of angst, and in this scene, even though the you know the uh, the stakes are really high, I, as I said, I love the fact it, it has it slows down, and there's just this lovely respect between them, like a, just a, a lovely conversation which we're privileged to hear. Um, that's how I felt about it. I was quite, it's quite profound, the whole thing. And, and at the end, when he, he is going to let go a leap of faith and just see what happens. And she, she's really upset. She doesn't want him to go. She doesn't want to be on her own. And uh, when he lets go and he just says, and he, um, talking about Rose, he says, oh, I want to tell Rose. And he can't say the words. What, what was he going to say? And so he just says, oh, she knows. And he just, well, he just lets go and he just, it's so beautiful, where he flutters away. And you would have thought Murray Gold might have ramped up their music and da, 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 da. oh my God, oh my God. But no, it was just, it was, it was soulful and beautiful that moment and, and shocking um, with, with its simplicity of the, just the blackness and him falling back. I'm blurbling on a bit, but I hope you're getting a sense of what I mean with this scene. I thought it was spectacular. Now, is there anything else I need to mention about that? Probably not. But yeah, that was, I would say that's up there with the, the BAFTA acceptance speeches and the Oscars and show that clip for, uh, for all Doctor Who doubters out there. Brilliant. Because do you know what? I, I had a nagging feeling, because I was being daft about Silver and Keith, that I'd undersold 
that bit and and, and because i think i i i needed to flag up that at the, at the time i'd been slightly surprised that 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 uh, the story had sort of slowed down um and that image of the doctor hanging in the darkness and yeah that she knows i'd forgot about that and because of because of this that I have to talk through stuff. I, I missed uh, Ida's line about her mum and I've forgotten about that. Um, uh, that it's interesting that the bit that sort of moved me and got me is the heroic last stand of the military bit and, and actually Nick's there. Um, and and sort of got me going a little bit in his description of something I've just watched but was blooming well talking through. Um, uh, but it is it is very beautiful and yeah the soundtrack is lovely with it or the the sparseness of the soundtrack and that quiet moment and the fall into nothing uh and and yeah i did talk about the leap of faith but actually the uh yeah talking about um uh religion sort of coach couching the the evil that men do is very very interesting stuff and and yeah very profound and intelligent but also terribly moving because of the connection between the two. So uh, I'm grateful to Nick for enun enunciating uh, uh, that uh, much better than I did at the time. Or, uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure I did it at all because uh, I was dicking about. Um, but that just goes to show. Um, and, and I suppose it depends on your mood as well. And I was getting all excited and blah, blah, blah. blah and there might be another time. And perhaps next time I watch this, I'll be a bit more thoughtful and philosophical philosophical uh and also i'll be minded to sort of think about those bits because of this experience so next time i visit this text uh i will i will probably connect with a a, a different piece of it that's that's why that's why we keep going back you know i've i've watched the mutants <laughs> seven or eight times so uh, there's no way I'm not going to watch The Satan Fit the Impossible Planet, you know, probably 20 or 30 times in my life. Uh, and I will get something different out of it and, and, and certainly out of this because it is so multi-layered and so thoughtful as well as action-packed and exciting. Um, and I'm, yes, I'm only sorry I didn't, uh, I didn't give it its dues in that respect. Um, when we're doing it, so almost made me want to watch it again. <laughs> Not going to. I've got to do the rest of the canon for this podcast. Um, so what's Nick's bonus thing? So yeah, I definitely should have chosen that. Uh, one more thing, Nick. <sighs> oh, sorry. <clears throat> Just trying out COVID masks. I'm sure this uh, scarf has got longer. Anyway, uh, my final bit is my bonus bit. My bonus bit, and it was going to be the fart in the ventilation shaft because I thought it was quite funny, and I love the fact that Doctor Who, uh, you know, people can fart in Doctor Who, um, which makes it all real. It makes the Daleks completely real to me now. Um, farting Daleks, hey! <laughs> but that's not my bonus bit. My bonus bit is <coughs> um, the end, the end bit, because there's so much jeopardy at the end. You got the Doctor stuck down at the pit. The Beast is going, he's sort of dying and everything. Um, he knows the mind of a beast is somewhere else it's in it's in toby's head spoilers spoilers it's in toby's head they're being sucked into a black hole toby's head is going to kill them everything's all kicking off and how are they possibly possibly going to resolve that dear readers so yeah i mean even though doctor was on every single week it's like i really don't know how they're going to get sort this out before the end of the episode which was like you know another eight minutes time and they do 
oh my god particularly if you're a young child watching that and you don't know the routine with Doctor Who or Doctor Who usually gets out alive or if he dies he just comes back to life again or she does um but uh yeah so that was that was my final favorite bit but there was just so much jeopardy in that last last few moments and yet the Doctor saves the day and to sum up um, how would I rate this in terms of 1 to 10? Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's never too early for a 10 from Shirley. Uh, do you know what? I nearly said, when I said, oh, I bet he hasn't chosen any of my things, I bet he's chosen, I think I then tailed off and went, not that, didn't I? I, I nearly said, I bet he's chosen the fart. <laughs> and I thought, no, the, come on now. Don't, and he nearly did. Um, uh, <laughs> note to self, sometimes I think things and I don't say them. Uh, and then I afterwards wish I had. Say them. You can always edit them out, oh, but that involves editing, and I don't want to do that. Uh, this is this is as you get it. This is splurge, guys. Um, so I failed dismally on that, but uh, I actually think Nick there did perhaps a better job than I did um, of choosing things. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I think justly and rightly celebrated a very very good uh, two episodes of Doc Two. Uh, it's a really enjoyable show. Um, uh, really smart. Um, uh, uh, one thing I didn't say that I'm now going to say is that I thought Keith might have been the cameraman who's also uncredited because I think his his dialogue sort of done later in ADR, ADR who goes in uh, to see the, the, the aliens in uh, the Torchwood... Um, children of earth uh, in the you know in the when the episode where yanto dies um i remember thinking is that isn't that the guy from so i wonder if he was an extra that they used a lot but i don't know because i haven't looked it up but if i'm correct i will be happy i've said it out loud and if i'm not i'll edit it out um so nick is going to say cheerio i think he's probably done a video for that as well. Yes, he has. Here's his end piece. Hey, Toby, I hope you guessed some of my uh, favourite bits from The Impossible Planet and The Satan Pit. Uh, and it was great fun to do. And thank you so much for letting me be on your fantastic podcast, Happy Times and Places. Uh, great fun. Everybody should watch this and listen to this every week because it's an audio and a video as well. Um, I do a podcast called SNS Online. It's short for Scratch and Sniff, where we have lots of guests on. We scratch beneath the surface and have a good sniff of the guests. And guests have included, from the world of Doctor Who, uh, Toby Haydock, so check him out. Um, Got to hear that one, obviously. Uh, Louise Jameson, Katie Manning, uh, Julie Hesmhouse has been on, and loads more. Other people as well, Armstead Morpian, Alan Yentob, all sorts. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, even though I say it myself, because uh, nobody else will. No, they will. they will. Well, hopefully they will if I pay them a little bit. Anyway, that's it from me for now. I heard a strange sci-fi noise in the cellar, and I'm going to investigate Doctor Who style. So until next time from me, a goodbye. <gasps> <laughs>was really that was really scary i was expecting something slightly high camp that was actually really horrible uh so i think nick has been killed by some sort of beast uh but do listen to his uh podcast i mean armistead morpan alan yentob toby haydoke yes some some episodes i think are better than others um but uh yeah really impressive uh roster of people 
um and he's a great host um and he's good fun isn't he he's good energy good value uh doctor who's brought lots of interesting and positive people and energy into my life and i'm very happy about that and i hope that you are happy too um uh and uh so that's the second time somebody called toby has been in doctor who uh, and the second time somebody called Toby Doctor has met a horrible, horrible end. Well, this is my horrible end, uh, and I'll be seeing you uh, for another Doctor Who adventure next time. Thanks for joining me in the Satan Pit, uh, which uh, is currently a very, very happy time and place, and it's about to close. Ta-ta. Well, thanks ever so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest this time around was Nick Randall, and didn't he throw himself into it? I can't wait till the video version of this comes out, but that will be sometime in the future. They do take longer. I would like to thank Nick. I would also like to thank the many patrons who make these podcasts possible, and they include Sidney Wilson, Jason Wilshire-Mills, Reese Williams, Rich Wiggins, Peter Ware, Gavin Ware, Alistair Wallace, Jeff Walker, Gary Wales, Lee Wakerley, John Turner, Sidney Trout, Jason Thompson, Paul Taylor-Greaves, Adam Stone, David Spotheth, David Spencer, Richard Smith, Trevor Smith, Paul Shields, John Sheehan, Frank Shields, Edward Salt, Samuel, Tom Selinski, Gavin Rymel, Darren Rule, Alex Rowan, Paula Reynolds, Peter Reed, Rachel T.S., Corridors, Liam Price and John Pettigrew. The music is by Dave Gates and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. Oh, well, there we go. If you would like to add your name to the list of patrons, please go to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydock. There you get advanced releases, bonus material, exclusive stuff, uh, and there are a couple of trinkets on the higher tier levels, but it's mostly there, there uh, with a basic package, which costs £3 per month and you can get a 10% discount on that and indeed on any of the tiers if you sign up for a year. Now I know that kind of commitment can be a bit terrifying so if you just want us to be sort of casual, if you want us to be uh, internet buddies <laughs> um, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydoke and if you're feeling flush or if you think I sound particularly hungry you can donate at ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydoke any amount that you like whenever you like but I know times are tough financially and I expect nothing I'm very grateful that you just listen to these frankly um, but how you could help if you are so inclined and you have just a little bit of time is to go to iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts from uh, and give these a five-star review and perhaps a couple of encouraging lines of nice comment. It just helps to separate these out from the crowd. And if you're an American listener, please tell your American friends because uh, my downloads in the UK are flabbergastingly flattering um, and uh, uh, I, I think I could do with a few more from America and I've always had a nice time when I've gone to America and I do sound like you expect British people to sound. So if you have an American Doctor Who fan friend in your life, point them in the direction of this nonsense because at least it's nonsense that sounds like this and you can follow these podcasts at Haydoke Podcasts on Twitter I have my own feed at Toby Haydoke uh, I'm also on Instagram and there's a Facebook fan page for Toby Haydoke I, I can't befriend anybody anymore I have a surfeit of friends I've only met about four of them but I've reached the limit so I'm trying to get all work and you know 
in- interesting stuff that isn't you know pictures of my mum uh on my toby haydock page is it on facebook so yeah do all of that i don't don't really quite understand how it all works but i'm just doing as i'm told thanks i mean i could just use um, the end credits and end bit from the actual episode two of this but i've i re-record all of these fresh i think it's because i didn't like it when uk gold or whatever or, or doctor's bbc video if they do an omnibus if they just have the credits from one episode uh you know it meant it missed people out um uh, quite often omnibuses would say yeah have the credits for episode four but that means if you're in episodes one to three you didn't get you didn't get credited um that's i mean that's not the case with this nobody would be missed out um but i nonetheless i'm hardwired to give each one bespoke closing bits which is what this is and ironically i was just uh, uh, testing it to make sure it all worked and i noticed i talked about watching this episode when the sun was shining and then recording it in the sort of recording the commentary in the cold and dark well as i record this post-credit sequence i'm i'm i've battened down the hatches because there is a gale raging outside uh, it really is like i'm an imp- in it in an impossible pit as uh, as uh, uh, gale force winds are blighting the land so um as i do this i'm holding on to my hat but i hope the weather is not inclement in the time and place that you are and i hope to join you there very soon